This is inconstant. Uh, so this is uh, the first episode of the second season of Inconstant. Um, we had some audio issues towards the, the end of this um, episode, so we had to cut the the, the discussion a little uh, short. Um, I'm going to be speaking to um, Tony Jeffries, who is an uh, actor friend of mine, about the film and book uh, called Fight Club. Um, I hope you enjoyed the discussion, and we're going to be doing um, more of these. Okay, guys. Okay, so this is the first episode of the second season of In Constant. Um, this season, we're going to be—I'm uh, going to be talking to people about their favorite stories. So I'll be interviewing guests about uh, books, uh, films, uh, songs, and uh, maybe poems or historical events. My first guest uh, for the first episode is Anthony Jeffrey. Anthony is a northerner from Saddleworth in Manchester. Um, all his life, he's been a Manchester United fan and a follower of sports. He's played uh, many sports, including golf, football, and cricket. Um, he still uh, plays a variety of sports, including um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, in which he's a blue belt. Um, he enjoys reading in, spa in his spare time and uh, loves to play the guitar. Um, Anthony's uh, main pursuit and passion is acting, and he graduated from Mount View Academy of Theatre of Arts in London. Um, so the story that we're going to be talking tonight, uh, about today with uh, Anthony is Fight Club. Um, and um, I'll just uh, let uh, Anthony say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I met uh, I met uh, Anthony um, while we were training together in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and um, you know, some sometimes you don't realize what um, uh, people's sort of like uh, professional careers are. And so I was, you know, I was quite excited when Anthony um, told me he was an actor, and I, I recently saw Anthony in a short film, and you saw actually he's, he's he's quite good at that. He's actually quite a decent actor, so that is um it's quite good seeing you. And I didn't realise like you're quite photo, photo, um, photogenic as well, dude. I thought, oh man, you're quite good looking on camera as opposed to as opposed to sort of like real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna talk to um today about um. Fight Club. So uh, I rewatched the the old um, the the film again, sort of uh, last night. So uh, why did you why did you choose um, Fight Club, Anthony? Um, I think Fight Club uh, for many people, not just myself, but certainly for me, is probably up there in terms of like the best films I've ever seen. Uh, also, you know, it was uh, made from the book. Uh, also, one of the best books I've ever read. Um, and I think it just sort of, it came to me at that sort of right time. I think I was 17, 18-ish. I was at my friend Michael's house. And we both sort of heard of Fight Club. Wow, it's meant to be this great film. And I think at the time, you know, I was sort of interested in fighting and sports and all of those things. And I was like, oh, great. You know, it'll be a, a cool fighting film that's actually quite good as opposed to a lot of them, which are rubbish. And we were, I think we were both sort of pleasantly surprised that it's essentially not about fighting. Um, 
it's a, yeah, it's just a pretty amazing film. So sort of threw that suggestion your way. Yeah. So um, it'd been a long time since I'd seen the the film. I've never read um read the book. So it is it's a great film, but um, like my memory of it is kind of better than the actual um film itself. I mean, it's still a fantastic film, an all time classic. There's just a few things that um you don't realize kind of like back at the time, sort of fashion choices that um Tyler Durden yeah. was making, and you just think, oh my god, that guy's um. Yeah, he's uh, he's responsible for like a, a lot of uh, douchebag looking guys yeah. that are currently walking around the streets at the moment. So, yeah. when's the last time you saw? When was when's the last time you saw the movie? Um, recently, well, I've been rewatching uh, a lot of the scenes, uh, and you know, just to prep for this. But in terms of the last time I've seen, I don't think I've definitely not seen it this year, uh, but. I've probably seen it at least two or three times every year since I first okay. watched it. So oh, well, it's really that high on my list. So yeah, probably a few months back. Yeah, so there yeah, there's not many films that I watch two or three times a year. So it had a quite um quite a big impact yeah, on the event. So um let's um kind of st- talk about the kind of the story of um Fight Club. So it's about um an unnamed narrator this is you know going into spoilers guys it's like a 10 year old 20 year old movie now when did they come out 1999 yeah yeah yeah, so 21 years old now yeah 21 years ago so if you've not seen it guys uh these are spoilers (laughs) so it's uh about an unnamed narrator and he creates a um kind of like subconscious uh person called uh tyler durden and they you know it's a, it's a they go on sort of like adventures or misadventures as you mm. as you as you however you want to um uh call them so my my earliest memories of this film actually was kind of seeing the the posters in the um oh, yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. in the cinemas and stuff like that and yeah. there's that um sort of classic image of a uh, brad pitt with his like loins hanging out and so all the girls oh, yeah. in my school were just kind of like going mad and mental <laughs> of it's part of the the male body that <laughs> yeah, yeah i didn't realize that you know women would kind of find that 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 hip handle bit really attractive yeah, that's yeah. kind of like, that's kind of the thing that all the girls in my um in my school it still is. was yeah i mean he's amazing for like 50 years old of um he's like 55 years old and he looks better than i'll ever look <laughs> yeah well yeah he's got uh personal trainers that are his his full-time job are to keep him looking that way isn't it so yeah um so um let's talk about kind of like a couple of the um a few of the sort of classic scenes in there so i think the first classic scene that kind of everyone remembers is kind of the initial fight between kind mm. of like Tyler Durden and the the unnamed narrator and like yeah. for me one of the funniest things in in the film is like um when Tyler Durden asks um Ed Norton's character to, to punch him and he hits him in the ear and then the ear yeah it's a good one that one um I think when they filmed it you know it it, it was they filmed a lot of scenes sort of just genuinely and it was I think it was an unscripted thing. Uh, and he just, he did swing for him. He hit him in the ear. And that was completely sort of out of the blue. And they, they put it in the final edit. Uh, and yeah, that's a pretty brilliant scene. 
Yeah, I, I love it. Scene that's uh, you know when they, it's only brief this one. You know when they they move into Tyler Durden's house, which you know they're essentially yes. an abandoned house. Yeah. Um, sort of like on the outskirts of whatever town they're in, um, and they sort of play golf outside and they're smoking. That they, they were actually both the actors were just drunk and they just decided to film a little bit of it, of it. Um, and they they put that in the final edit as well. Uh, yes. I think it's fantastic I I, I I quite like it when filmmakers do that kind of like um when kind of stunts go wrong so a famous mm. example of that is um kind of in the mad max movies where like oh, yeah. the, one of their stunt stuntmen is uh kind of like drives over a cliff or something and his foot yeah. gets caught yeah and, like the, the man, he just kind of and they keep it in the movie and the guy nearly yeah. he, he suffered really bad injuries so I, I kind yeah. of i like it when they capture these um um sort of like small bits and kind mm. of put in the film the same same one in the kind of wolf of wall street when um um matthew mcconaughey's kind of like doing that breathing exercise and they throw oh, that yeah. into the film as well yeah, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. quite cool does mm. um that, that actually brings me on kind of the, the other point i wanted to kind of um talk about as well is kind of like the small bits of like friendship that they capture in the movie so when they're talking about oh who would you want to fight if you could fight anyone who would you want to fight mm. and like, i think ed, ed norton's character yeah. says Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> it's kind of like those it's small uh, things that built. Mahatma Gandhi, William Shatner at one point. <laughs> uh, I think Tyler Durden, the character, goes uh, Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting because from that, I think the first time they do that in the film, they're getting onto a bus. Um, and when they're on that bus, they look at that poster, which. You know, we were just talking about Brad Pitt's physique. They look at that poster. I think it's of Gucci. Yes, yeah. Sort of brand. Calvin Klein or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Calvin Klein. Um, like a male model's physique, and they sort of talk about how he. They almost laugh at the sort of standards that you know men should be looking up to, and it's interesting that you know these physic what become very physically active guys at some point in the film. They scoff at that and go, oh, it's just vanity. Um, what you should be pursuing is something deeper, uh, which I think is quite powerful for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, th there's um, there's a lot of sort of like themes about that kind of like in the movie, sort of like staying away from sort of commercialism and mm. superficial uh, culture. Um, yeah. So I think this movie nowadays has kind of got a little bit of um, a mixed legacy so I, I don't know if you've kind of had any thoughts about that um well i think uh i've always looked at it so if you go on like imdb their top 10 films of all time as far as i'm aware it's been in there for quite some time it's always like seventh or eighth whether that's changed in recent times because um obviously those lists do alter but i remember when i first watched it i think it was the seventh or eighth best film on IMDb, and it stayed there for quite some time. Where it is now, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I think because when it came out, and the uh, author Chuck uh, of the book, he actually yeah, you're not having a go at his surname then. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, forgive me if I get that wrong. Um, but yeah, he he preferred the film to his own book, uh, which I thought was interesting. And um, yeah, the 
they said that it was either two ways they could go with it because it has that sort of very indie film, you know, art housey sort of feel to it, you know, quite far left. It, you know, it's talking about nihilism, things like that. Or they could go with the big, big budget directed by David Fincher, who, for the record, I think is probably the best living director uh, going. He's incredible. Pretty much all of his films, he's only done 10 or 11, are fantastic. So I'll watch them all. Um, Fight Club, I think, being the shining star of them all. Um, yeah. Uh, the, film the film originally got incredibly bad reviews. Um, did it? Incredible. Yeah. So oh, okay. it, it, it basically bombed at the box office. And I think that speaks to, especially with what the film itself is talking about, being quite uh, anti-corporation, anti-capitalist in some sense, is, is brilliant because it became a cult classic down the line. Uh, it wasn't until about a year, two years later that when it came to DVD, that people started to go, this is, this is incredible. And it had a cult following, basically, online and uh, certain people. And, yeah, the book did it itself, but films are always a little bit more far-reaching, uh, generally speaking. And yes. what ended up happening was people, because one of the scenes, they uh, destroy, like, a monument that's like a globe uh, on the top of a, a staircase outdoors, and it smashes the Starbucks. Obviously, there's the underground fight clubs that are a huge, you know, uh, motif in the film people started these underground fight clubs all across the world they'd essentially influenced culture massively yeah. you know people were committing crimes but there was there was something in the background a lot of men whether we really want to talk about it, it being exclusively men because it's not exclusively for men but there were a lot of men who were massively influenced by this searching for that message that the film talks about. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of like what I was kind of getting at in terms of kind of it's mixed, um, mm. kind of it's yeah. mixed legacy and kind of like, I think there's an argument certain men have taken kind of the wrong message from yes. the film in certain ways. So I think it's, um, yeah, you know, you know, certain people kind of like, um, you know, groups like men going their own way or the, the, the incels could prob might be able to sort of like take yeah. the wrong message from this. So I think, you know, the, the, for me, the message of this film is kind of about self-empowerment and sort of like not blaming other people for mm -hmm. the things that are going um, bad in, in your life and sort of like tearing down the systems, not necessarily going to solve your inner conflicts that's I, I don't know what you think about what the message of the film is but that's certainly what i took from it but if you're looking I, I, at it's, yeah i think uh, on the mixed reviews thing i think i think a lot of people attach themselves to that sort of film and maybe i maybe even i did at first um to the idea that it's masculine it's fight club it's got two protagonists essentially playing the same character Again, spoiler alert, but you should have watched it by now. Um, and, you know, I think it resonates with a lot of young men. Um, and, yeah, I think it's not... It's a difficult one because I think it does sort of speak to those douchey sort of characters. Uh, nice. uh, 
it go. I, I think I saw something recently, which was like it was like a fake awards ceremony. Pretty funny video on uh, Facebook or YouTube, and they were sort of talking about these certain awards, like most jacked actor or best uh, action film actor, and it was sort of like taking the mic but having a joke at like what men like to see in films, you know, biggest bro film. And I think the thing was in the end, it's like oh, best film of all time. They list off a, a few films and then they go, oh, fuck that, it's Fight Club. Um, and it's like Fight Club becomes something it never really was in the sense of like, it's just an identity of like, oh, yeah, this is a, just a manly film. And it's so really not about that. What it really is about, in my opinion, and why I think I've watched it so many times and why it resonated with me when I was, you know, impressionable at 17, 18, was... A lot of the quotes, the quotes really have stood with me for a long time, which is, you know, um, we're a generation of men raised by women. Maybe another woman isn't the right answer. Just it's essentially going, you know, question whether you want to get married, you know, question yeah. whether that's the right. I think a lot of men and women, you know, they go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get married because that's what people do. And it's like, well, you don't have to do that. Another one is the things that you own end up owning you. And I think that's so true in that sort of materialistic world that a lot of people, you know, we view life as a bit of a shopping list. We need to tick certain things off. We need to get the car. We need to get the house. We need to get, you know, our lover that we essentially end up marrying. We need to get certain clothes and give off a certain aesthetic uh, to our groups of friends. And now with social media especially, but yeah. it's, it's, it's saying, well, you don't have to do that. You know, you are not, uh, you're not your car, you're not your house, you're not your fucking khakis. It's like, you are not these things you own, you are you. You're more than that. And yes. it's essentially saying, I think at one point he says, uh, congratulations, you're, you're one step closer to rock bottom. You know, when he sort of kisses his hand and puts the chemical burner on? Yes, yeah. Which that's is a great scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. <laughs> but that, yeah. that, that's what the film's about. The film is about you don't need these things. You need to get enlightened. You know, going back to that, that fight scene where he punches him in the ear, how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? A lot of people yeah. live in a world of, like, they'll talk about fighting, they'll talk about these things that they have, but they don't really live in the moment, in a sort of authentic world if we want to go down that route of you know like life sucks but you know that, yeah. that's it you have to accept that one day you're gonna die uh yeah. i think that's what it comes about you know nihilism yeah. and you know how it can be really bad you know that scene where he has the uh sort of oriental looking guy who owns uh like a little like a petrol station i think yes he holds the gun to the back of his head and as he lets he, he lets him go and he says his breakfast will taste better tomorrow than at any meal he's ever tasted you know essentially he is reborn now from this horrible experience and i think it tells you a little bit of like you can deal with how bad life is by just accepting it and you know it, I, I suppose elements of stoicism as well as that nihilism. Um, 
that that's the true message of the film. It's not for people to just go, oh yeah, Fight Club, let's go have a fight. No, it's not really about that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, the kind of a, a couple of other themes that I really kind of um, picked up from the movie was um, the importance of finding a good tribe. So a lot of these men kind of like were isolated and you know emotionally cut off from. The, I think that being men being emotionally cut off from themselves, I think, is a big part of big part of the story. And that's what you know how the story kind of started was with Ed Norton's character trying to find emotional catharsis by visiting those sort of various support groups and then you know eventually found, founding his own um tribe in kind of like project mayhem so for me that's kind of like the the other big message is kind of like men having to be in touch with their own emotions and trying to find um a good tribe to belong to because you can easily fall into a bad tribe like uh what what project mayhem was Weird one with the ending. Uh, I've always had mixed feelings myself on the end. Yes, I do have problems with the ending. I do have problems. So for me, um, I don't understand how he shot himself in the face and survived. (laughs) It's kind of like, I don't, yeah, it's kind of like, you shot yourself in the face, mate. I don't, (laughs) I don't know how you're talking, let alone walking around and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. lives within his own mind and so by he's essentially lobotomizing himself yeah yeah so what what were your i still don't i don't love it uh but i like the message i I like the sort of symbolism of that sorry Um, anthony your your mic cut off for a little bit there can you just say say what you're saying again yeah with the ending when he shoots himself in the head i think it's that he's this character he's created subconsciously he's trying to get rid of that part but still but the symbolism of it you know i can make sense of that yeah sorry dude you 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 cut off again there so the yeah um let's let's move on to kind of something else um because i I don't want you to repeat yourself like three or four times saying the same thing um so um there was a couple other things i wanted to so what I wanted to talk about that um, kind of really stood out to me. So we kind of mentioned that it's a movie that's, you know, nearly 20 years old now and just kind of like some of the old technology in this. So they were, you know, using yeah. things like um, catalogs and stuff. And I just think, well, that would all be done via the, the internet. Now he'd be mm. ordering all this stuff like um, Ikea. So I don't know if you had kind of like any thoughts about that sort of like how, because it's a modern looking film, but it's, an old film where you have to kind of remember where we are in modern society today. So I don't know if you had um kind of any thoughts about that. It's, I've never, I've never actually really thought about that, but thinking about it, I guess it's, it would be easier now to have the impact it was looking for because everybody talks far easier access to do so. Um, because I remember one of the, you know you can make you can make a bomb very very easily, and one of the things yeah. is uh, you know you can you can make it out of an old uh, monitor you know the old monitors for computers as opposed to a flat screen it was like a big cube yeah you essentially fill that with uh, 
a certain chemical put a certain thing in where you've made a hole and it can make an explosion again that speaks sorry uh, I'm, because I'm you, you, you cut off again there um yeah your your mic microphone cut out again there so you're talking about um talking about uh using a tv monitor yeah the, the computer yeah. monitor the old computer like cube yeah there's things in the film and in the book is that you can quite easily fill that with a certain chemical comp you can actually just make a bomb uh, and blow up your office that you don't like working in and change your life. The problem with that is, you know, <laughs> you're essentially warranting people or in almost encouraging people to do such a thing, which, you know, can cause injury, death. Yeah, exactly. Modernised. I, th I think I could see... I wouldn't want a modern, modern version of this film... We still, we still hear, you know, first rule of Fight Club is... Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> we still hear that. It's still everyday dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Does it keep cutting out? Yeah, it keeps cutting out. So I don't know if you're sitting too close to your mic or too far away. So I think it's like the connection's yeah. fine, but it might, it might be, um, you might be speaking too loudly into it. Um, yeah, I think the, the connection's gone funny. Okay, no worries. Um, I've just got one more um, thing I wanted to talk about. So for me, this film is like um, its perfect companion piece is Train Spotting. Um, they're both kind of got these long, kind of like um, soliloquies, and they're both um, mm -hmm. adaptations from sort of really well, well famous uh, famous books I don't, I don't know if you kind of had any had any um thoughts about that at all sorry say that again yeah so i was saying that um for me like uh the companion piece for this film is train spotting mm -hmm. um because they're both you know uh, they're both based on books and like, both the main characters have these long soliloquies about kind of like the the ills of society so I don't, I don't know if you had any kind of like thoughts about that at all i've never met let me see it now that you've mentioned it i've watched train spotting a few times um certainly up there is one of his best films um another one of the greatest living directors yeah sorry anthony the the sound's completely uh, gone fantastic hello the, the sound's gone, mate. <laughs> the sound's gone. I can't hear, I hear, hear a word you're saying. You keep cutting out now as well. Okay, cool. Um, what I'll try and do is I'll try and salvage what I can from this and I'll, I'll sort of like maybe post it on Thursday. Thanks for taking the time out to do this, dude. Uh... So that was my uh, discussion with Anthony uh, Jeffries. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Anthony again for taking the time out to uh discuss fight club with me you can find anthony on twitter at and i should have had this uh prepared earlier you can find anthony on twitter at what is his twitter handle let me look for it now this is professional podcasting at its best you can find anthony at 
on Twitter at, at Anthony M. Jeffrey or on Instagram at must be Anthony Jeffrey again. Yeah, at Anthony underscore uh, Jeffrey. So uh, follow him in, on social media. He's also on uh, Spotlight. If there's any casting directors out there that are looking for a good-looking blue-eyed male from the uh, north of England, you can't go wrong with Anthony. So um, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the discussion, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.